0: So if we truly believe Jesus loves me, this I know, right, would our lives look different? Would our walk with Jesus look different? Would our marriage look look different? Our relationship with our kids look different? Our jobs, our ability to serve in ministry, to say yes to things, to say no to things. How would it look different? So like I said before, your level of fear is, is a direct reflection of your level of belief in God's love. For you. Welcome to Livingstones Church. We pray that this message impacts and touches your heart in such a great way. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, good morning. I am going to um, have you turn in your Bibles to 1 John, which is in the very, very back of your Bible. It's a little tiny book, so I'll give you some time to, to find that. But while you're um, looking through that, <laughs> I wanted to just share with you guys um, our Older son started school, like for the very first time. So we've homeschooled him all the way up until the point of this last Monday. And this mama right here was struggling a little bit with fear, right? I'm like, he's gonna embarrass himself, he's gonna get punched, like you know, he's like he's gonna ask for it and deserve it, you know. Um, He's going to have to learn some hard lessons. Um, I was fearful that, like, I had failed him somehow, like, with his education and that he was just not going to cut it. Um, Like, just all of these thoughts of, like, oh, my gosh, the ladies know it's sisterhood Um, because they prayed for me, like, the week before because I was losing my mind. I'm like, oh, my gosh, my kid. (laughs) What is happening? Um, I think most parents probably go through that, like, in kindergarten. And so it was a little bit delayed for me. Um, and he's, like, old enough now to where he says things that he probably shouldn't, and it's not cute anymore, you know? So I'm like, oh, no, this is, <laughs> I was so scared, right? Can anyone, like, relate, right, where you, like, go down the spiral of, in your thoughts of, like, oh, my gosh, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, he's going to have a black eye, and this is, you know, ah, all these things, right? Um, and then, you know, so that's been, like, my last week, and I am happy to report he didn't get punched, I didn't fail, like, it was all good, right? He had a great week, praise the Lord, yes, thank you, thank you for your support, yes, it was so good. So, um, I know I'm not alone when I say that, like, we all have moments of fear, right, is there anyone in here, like, that can raise their hand, yes, and agree with me, thank you for making me feel not alone. The rest of you, I, I mean, you can just leave now, because you don't even need this message. <laughs> um. But we all have fear related to things that really that we care about, right? We care about our kids, right? And so that, like, I care about my son, and that's why I was fearful, right? Um, I, maybe there's fear related to finances, right? I love what Pastor Keith said about giving, right? Like, we're afraid that if we give 10% or if we give an offering, or if we give what God's asking us to give, that we're not going to be able to do X, Y, and Z, Like, I can't pay my bills if I give, right? There's fear attached to those things sometimes. Maybe it's fear of death. Maybe it's fear of rejection. Fear of failure, like I was talking about. Maybe fear of success, right? Um, We all, I think in probably every moment of every day, can probably find something somewhere someone is dealing with fear, right? And so... As I was preparing this message, I'm like le- really leaning into, all right, Lord, like I I am not like an expert <laughs> in this area, other than being an expert maybe in fear, right? Um, so funny story. This was several years ago, and Justin really wanted me to share the story. So, um, I was getting ready for work, and the job that I had, I had to wear pantyhose at like a business, you know, pantyhose, and so yeah, I know. So. I am getting ready and I have my pantyhose on and I go into the other room to get something and in that room was like mirrored closet doors and it's kind of dark like the sun hadn't quite come up all the way I'm so groggy cuz you know like the grind right so I just as I'm walking by I see my reflection and I see this big nasty black thing move on my leg in my reflection Y'all, okay? This is what I did. Right? And I, like, literally, like, am I exaggerating? No, not at all. It was worse than that for longer, okay? And I'm freaking out. Justin thinks I just cut my limb off, you know, based on my reaction. He's in the other room, like, what is going on? And I come in, and I'm freaking out, and he's like, what, what, what happened, what happened? And I'm like, that's. So he, he's, like, brushing my leg, and he's like, I don't see anything. I'm like, oh, my gosh, where is it? I'm so scared, right? This nasty eight-legged invader is going to take my life, okay? I am, like, terrified. I have an irrational fear of spiders, if you hadn't caught up already. Oh, my gosh, I know. And October is the worst. They're everywhere. They're, like, giant ones in people's houses. I'm like, why? <laughs> why do you do this to me? They're furry. They're not cute. Um, right? You would think if they're furry, they'd be cute, but they're not. They're, like, the more hairy they are, the scarier they are. Um, so anyways, long story short, there was not a spider on me. It was a fuzzy. (laughs) that was attached to a string. Like, you know when you do your laundry, right? And, like, the hair collects on, like, a loose string or whatever? That's what happens. So when I walked, it moved like that. You guys. For like two hours after that, I'm at work like this. Oh my gosh, what is happening? Breathe, Chelsea, breathe. So scary, you guys. You, I, thank you for laughing. I can laugh about it now. Then I, I almost called in sick. I was, it was. You guys, I'm so serious, right, babe? I was like, I don't know if I can manage today. Oh, right. But when I'm looking at scripture. I know I'm not alone because the psalmist David um, said in Psalm 143, 4, he said, I am losing all hope. I am paralyzed with fear. (laughs) Right? Have you guys ever felt that way? Paralyzed with fear? Like I literally, I can't function. I cannot function because of what is going on in my mind. Right? What I am believing right now. I cannot function. And I love that it says, the first part of it says, I am losing all hope. Right? In that moment, I lost all hope in my ability to live because of that thing on me, right? And that is a fun example. But at the same time, we have real examples that are legitimate. Like, I'm losing hope in this season because of the scenery that I am seeing right now does not line up with what I think or what I feel comfortable in, right? And so he's saying, like, I am losing all hope and I'm paralyzed with fear. So I want to ask you, what is the opposite of fear, faith? Faith is probably the most common answer, right? And that's what I thought, too, until I thought, well, I had faith that that spider was going to eat me alive, <laughs> okay? So I had fear and faith at the same time. I'm not really sure, like, how that worked, right? So we're going to kind of unpack that together today, okay? You ready? All right, so First John it says um, in chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 16 it says we know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love God is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them and as we live in God our love grows more perfect so we will not be afraid on the day of judgment but we can face him with confidence everybody say confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. Everybody says expels all fear. fear. Ooh, here we go. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he loved us first. So I would like to challenge all of us that the opposite of fear is love. Now, who said that? I think I heard that somewhere. You said that. Yes, girl. Winner. Um, It says right here, like, such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. Right? It's the antidote for fear. Love. Perfect love. God's perfect love. Not this world's distorted version of love. God's perfect love. So I want to be clear on that. Okay? Okay. Um, In verse 18, I want to read the New King James Version where it says, there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. I felt tormented by that spider. (laughs) Right? Or when we feel like we don't have enough money in our bank account, there's torment that goes on in our minds. When I sent my kid to school where I didn't know the friends, I didn't know the teacher, didn't know what was going to happen, what they're going to teach him, like I was being tormented in my mind legitimately, right? It says, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So the word perfect here can be translated as coming into full maturity, Okay. Um, so do we, do we truly believe God's love for us? Okay, well, that was good. That was a good response, right? Now I'm going to challenge you, <clears> okay, <throat> because we sing these songs like, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so, right? And then yet there's a spider on my leg, and I'm losing my mind, right? So, <laughs> right, it's like Jesus loves me, yes, this I know, which is the truth. But how many times in a day do I forget that? How many times in a day do we all forget that, right? We forget that God loves us. And so when we have fear, it is showing us that his perfect love has not been fully matured in us. Right? So when we're not giving the 10%, Let that be an indicator that God's love has not been fully matured in us because there's fear attached. If I give 10%,
1: then this might
0: happen, right? Or there might be fear attached to saying yes to something that God's asking you to do. Well, if I say yes, then that's going to require me to give up this thing over here that like, oh, if I do, then they might reject me. They might not like me. They might not welcome me back. Like, Ah, right? Those things are hard when we wrestle in that tension, right? So how do we get to a place where we understand God's perfect love and allow it to be fully matured in us, right? I've been walking with the Lord for over a decade now, and I still have not perfected this, obviously, right? And I don't know if I ever truly will fully protect it, but I will say Ten years ago, my fear was so much more, so much more. I couldn't even like drive down the road without seeing some car accident and in, in, on the road in my mind, or think about things. Right. So my my dad, he um, he was a family service manager for a cemetery, which means he. Uh, helped families when they had a death in the family. He would help them make arrangements and all that, right? Cool job. Takes a special person to do that, right? But at the dinner table, it was a normal conversation for us to talk about the people that he had helped that day and what they were facing, right? So there were all of these seeds in my mind of what could happen and all of the ways that people had lost their lives, right? Like, I mean, in hindsight, maybe, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Like, it didn't seem like a big deal then until I was an adult, and I'm thinking about all of those scenarios playing out in my head, right? And so fear had gripped me. It had gripped my mind. It had gripped my heart. And there wasn't, like, one moment that had caused that trauma, right? It wasn't a defining thing of, like, well, I'm scared of heights because I, you know, fell off a thing, right? Like, it was, it was this slow, sneaky transition, right, where I was gripped with fear. Like, I couldn't live a full life because I was being tormented by all of the possibilities of what-ifs, right? You guys still with me? Okay. So, if we truly believe God's love for us, right, How many of us, and this is, you don't raise your hands because I don't want to embarrass you, but how many of us feel if I do this, God's going to punish me in this way? Or I got a flat tire because I made this choice, or this bad thing happened, or this diagnosis happened, or this relationship failed, or whatever, because I'm being punished in some way, right? Right? We have this this thought in our minds, and a lot of us have been parented this way, and a lot of us parent this way, right? If you don't do this, I'm going to punish you, right? That's just how our society operates in a lot of ways, right? But when we read this scripture, it says, if we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment, and this shows that we have not fully experienced His perfect love say what? So, <laughs> I mean, there's just so many scriptures, right? There's just not enough time to talk about all of that. But, but I do want to say that if you believe that God loves you, I want you to also believe that he won't punish you. It is literally impossible for him to punish you. Some of you theologians are like, "Mm, let's look into that. Well, if you find something, you show me. You show me. We're going to unpack it a little bit. But God cannot punish you. You know why? Because he loves you. That's true. I love my kid, and I punish him. Right? Right? I'm not a, like a law major or anything like that so <laughs> bear with me. But um, does anybody know the fifth amendment? You can't you can't serve a sentence for a crime for the same crime twice. Right? Oh, double jeopardy. Yes, that movie, right? That's a movie, right? Okay, so that movie, spoiler, plug yours if you want to watch it, but basically I'm going to super paraphrase, but this lady gets wrongly accused of killing her husband. And while she's in prison, this other cellmate says, well, if you get out, you can still kill your husband. And then you won't go back to jail because they can't, you know, <laughs> they can't charge you twice for the same crime. Right? So why do I, why am I talking about that? Right? Okay. <laughs> I'm bringing it back together. I promise. I promise. Stay with me. Okay. But when Jesus died on the cross, what, what was the point of him dying on the cross? To pay the price for our sins. To take and extinguish the full price of our punishment. Do you guys, are you guys seeing this? Which means he cannot punish us because the blood of Jesus did that for us, in us, through us, out of love, his perfect love, okay? So if we truly believe Jesus loves me, this I know, right? Would our lives look different? Would our walk with Jesus look different? Would our marriage look look different? Our relationship with our kids look different? Our jobs, our ability to serve in ministry, to say yes to things, to say no to things? How would it look different? So like I said before, your level of fear... Is is a direct reflection of your level of belief in God's love for you, <clears throat> right? And this is not to make anybody feel bad or anything. This is this is to pull the wool back off of your eyes because I needed it too. I was literally as I was writing this, like crying in the library, like, "Oh my gosh, Lord!" Like, "Okay, I know you love me. Like, help me to see it. Help me to like. You're so. He is." blessed us so much like there's absolutely no reason for me to believe that he doesn't love me fully like I have no reason even like the hiccups and the hurdles and the things in our life that is that our neighbor right there who is that it looks like our neighbor oh it's Emmy hi Emmy oh my gosh sorry you look like our neighbor I'm so sorry to call you out I thought that was um uh our neighbor that from Texas I'm so sorry oh my gosh I was like, "Wow, he came from Texas! Like he's just hiding back there. Come on, man, you can still come in, me. We love you. I'm, am so, so glad to see you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, bring it back in. Bring it back in, right? He's on security. We love you. Um, yes. Okay, but what keeps us from believing that, right? Like I said, there's there really isn't a reason why I should not feel fully loved by God, right? Because he hasn't done anything wrong. He hasn't done anything to lead me to believe that that he isn't a God that has full love for me, right? So I realized it was shame. It was guilt. It was my belief of feeling like I could be punished by him if I had failed him in some way. Insecurities, low self-image, low self-esteem. Maybe it was a skewed example of love that I had in my life. Maybe you can relate to that. Right? Maybe it was trauma. Wounds that haven't healed yet. Right? All of those things can blanket... And put like this smokescreen in our ability to see and fully receive God's love. His perfect love for us. Okay? So, everybody say, there's no fear in love. love. Come on. Okay? So the first point, who's taking notes? Yes. You win. Seriously, you guys are going to get way more out of today than... Everyone else, so good job, good job. So the first point for today is, I am loved, so I don't need to fear. I hope that rings in your head anytime fear rears its head. I hope it does. I'm loved, so I don't need to fear. I am loved, so I don't need to fear. God's got it. He's got me, right? For... Women who are married, like, don't you feel safer when your man is with you, right? There's a sense of security. Like, I'm not going to, like, use wisdom, right? I'm not saying don't use wisdom because God's got me. I'm going to go do non-wise things, right? That's not what I'm encouraging. I, I am saying, though, that, that when you know who's you are, um, there's a song by uh, Brian and Katie Torwalt called Prophesy Your Promise, and there's a bridge in there, and it says, fear can go to hell. Shame can go there, too. I know whose I am. God, I belong to you. Right? Boom. Like, so that whole song is amazing, right? But that, like, that was, like, in my spirit this morning as I was driving here. I was just singing that. And I'm like, man, like, that wraps it up, you know? Fear can go to hell. Like, isn't that what happened when he was on the cross? Right? So let me show you in Scripture, Okay? So perfect love never brings fear because fear is related to punishment, right? We, we address that. So Jesus endured the complete sentence of our punishment. So in John chapter 5, verse 24 says, I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins, but they have already passed from death into life you guys this is good news this is amazing news this is mind-blowing okay but I love that part where it says they will never be condemned right if you ever find yourself talking to a Christian and you were feeling condemned walk away friend that's not Jesus don't ever get that confused that is not Jesus, okay? Being convicted and condemned, two completely different things, okay? You can be convicted, but that's the Holy Spirit's job, not your spouse, not your friend, okay? We can encourage each other in the Lord, okay? Um, but make sure you're not that Christian either, condemning people, okay? Um, okay, we're going back to 1 John chapter 2, verse 2 says, he himself is the sacrifice that atones, okay, atones is a fancy word that says satisfaction of punishment, right, the mercy seat, okay, he paid the price, so he himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins, and not only our sins, but the sins of all the world, so when something is condemned, right, if you have a rental property or your home and it's been deemed condemned, right, what does that mean, it means that it's unlivable, you cannot, it's inhabitable, right? Nothing can reside there because it has been condemned, right? So that was the condition of our world before Jesus came. So that's why Jesus had to come. Because the world had been condemned. It had been so distorted and so mucked up and so, I said mucked up. I just want to clarify. Hmm. <laughs> mucked up. (laughs) It's real. But the world had gotten so contaminated with sin that it had been deemed condemned. Right? And so, like we said, saw in John 5. It says, I tell you the truth, those who listen to my message and believe in God, who sent me, have eternal life. Okay? So Jesus came, he died on the cross, hung out, did a bunch of cool stuff, came back from dead, ripped open the grave and said, I was right. See? Right? <laughs> Why? Why did he do that? Right? So that we could have eternal life. So they will never be condemned ever, 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 ever again. Okay? We're set free because of that. Right? That is why we work so hard to set things up and why there's churches and why there is a ministry at all. Right? It's because this is the good news that people are always talking about. Share the good news. Right? And a lot of times we share people's sins and we think that that's going to help them to understand that they're not condemned somehow. But Jesus came. He paid the price. He took our punishment. He took the the blame, basically. He took credit for every single one of us so that we would never be condemned. Okay? So if we were condemned, Jesus died on the cross, and now we aren't condemned, right? To me, I have this visual in my head that when that happened, he came All of the fear is related to punishment in the context of condemnation, right? So if he's eradicated condemnation, now our mind, our mind space, right? This series that we're going through, our mind space has now opened up a vacancy for his perfect love to come in and be fully matured in us, right? So the next point is fear is evicted when love is perfected. Fear is evicted. When Jesus came, laid down his life for us, took all of it off of us, cleansed us, made us pure in spirit, right? He evicted fear. Right? Right? Everybody say fear get out. out. Okay? When you evict something, it's not like a polite, like, oh well, you know, whenever you have time. Like, you know, it's it's not like that. It's like, bro, you got 24 hours. You gotta get out. Like you're done. Right? Get out. It is not like a option. It's not a negotiation. It is a legitimate. Action that has to take place, right? Eviction. In, um, so the original context of the word is Latin, and um, evictus, evictus, okay? So it means to vanquish completely. No trace left behind. Nothing, okay? When, when you evict someone, even if they leave all their belongings behind, all that's got to go. Right? No trace left behind. Okay? So the spirit of God cannot reside in something that's condemned. The spirit cannot. Because they're contradictory of each other. Do you understand? Fear and love cannot inhabit the same mind space. It can't. So Jesus had to come. He had to evict fear. He died on the cross, rose again after three days, And then he said, I'm sending a helper, which is the spirit. So when you receive Jesus in your heart, the spirit comes in and inhabits your heart, right? Your your spirit, right? But it can't do that if it's still condemned. Are you seeing this? So when we recognize that, okay, I belong to Jesus, those lyrics that I was singing come so much more full circle. Fear can go to hell. And shame can go there too. I know whose I am. God, I belong to you, right? So Jesus expelled and casts out all fear when he fully perfected his love for us. Scripture says there's no greater love than to lay down one's life, right? Isn't that what Jesus did for us? There's no greater love than that. Fully perfected love. So, we also know or may have heard of the scripture that God has not given us the spirit of fear, right? So, if we know that, we believe the word of God and we believe what it says, right? Then I would be willing to say that if God has not given us a spirit of fear, then when we are in fear, then we're outside of God's will. Would you guys agree? Okay, so we're outside of God's will. So if we're outside of God's will, when we are fearful, (laughs) we want to be in God's will, right? We want to be in his perfect love when we accept Jesus, right? So if we have not been given a spirit of fear, we understand fear is outside of God's will for our lives, but love is now his will for us. Right? Do you see that? So when you when you're faced with the decision, people ask us all the time, well, how do you hear from God? Like how do you right? And and there's so many answers to that question, right? But one that I will say is that spirit that He's put in you, right? Fear? Love. If I make this decision, I'm scared. I'm fearful. I don't have a good feeling. I have discernment, right, if we want to get spiritual about it. I have discernment that things aren't going to go well, right? If I come over here, it might be uncomfortable. It might stretch me. It might be pulling me to new territory. But I'm at peace. Do you see the difference? So when you're faced with the decision... If you are shaking your head like, oh, I just don't have a good feeling about this, (laughs) like, oh, man, I'm scared, da 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 right? When I sent my kid to school last week, I was scared, but it was because I didn't have the right mind and I was outside of God's will, right? It was irrational, really. But the reason why I still sent him to school, even though I was being tormented by all of these insane thoughts, right, was because I had peace. I knew what God had said, right? It says the enemy comes immediately to steal the word that God's given you, right? So it's a separate story, but basically Noah heard from God that he was to go to this specific school. I know, you guys. I mean, how can what who are we to say, right? So so that gave me peace, right? It gave him peace. He was scared to go too. It's a whole new Like overwhelming environment for him, right? But he knew that that's where God had told him to be. So let me show you this, okay? In Philippians 4, it says, um, starting in verse 6, it says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Whether it looks like you think it should have looked like or not. Thank him for all he has done, okay? He's got the bigger picture, Then you will experience, Every say then, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand, okay? We're talking about mind space. It, It exceeds anything we can understand, what we can actually put in our mind space. It exceeds that, okay? So just do what you can, what you can control, which is the first part, right? Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he's done, okay? And then, it's a cause and effect here, okay? Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. That means, like, ground them, stabilize them, cement them. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace will be with you. Not the God of fear. Not the God of torment. Not the God of punishment. Not the God of condemnation. The God of peace. He's the prince of peace that we have said yes to. Right? So his peace, which is the absence of fear, guards our hearts and our minds, right? So the mind that has evicted fear, like I said, has has now the vacancy to think about things that are within God's will. All the things that I just listed, right? <laughs> so then I look in Psalms and it says Psalm 4 verse 8 says, "In peace I will lie down and sleep." In peace, I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, will keep me safe. I don't have to know all the details. (laughs) I don't know how it's going to work out. If it's going to work out in my understanding, right? Because it exceeds my understanding, right? So the way I do logic and I do math, it may not work out right but I know that I can lie down and I can sleep because I know God will keep me safe okay now our fear fear is legitimate like I said at the beginning like our fear oftentimes is, is because we care about something right like it's easy for us to say oh I'm scared that da, 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 da. I I was mom was asking what I was preaching today and I told her she had to come to church and find out. <laughs> but as I was telling her, I was like, man, I'm, I, I always get scared when I preach because I, I don't want anything to ever be misunderstood. I want, I want it to be delivered in a way that people can, can take it and that there will be change and, you know, things like that. And as I said it, I'm like, I literally just am, I'm talking about not being scared and not being fearful. And I just said I'm scared to preach a message about not, like, hello. Right? So you'll catch yourself like every day saying, Oh, I'm scared of this or I'm fearful about this or ah, what if this happens and what if that happens, right? But I want to encourage you to remember like fear is evicted when love is perfected. I am loved so I don't have to fear. Right? Remembering those things. I don't have to understand it all. I don't have to have all of the pieces to the puzzle but I know God's got me. I know God knows everything, right? He has every detail in line in its perfect place. So third and final point. It says the result of his perfect love is peace. The result of his perfect love is peace. Thank you, love. Who can use some more peace in their life, in their home, in their jobs, in their finances, Right? I think we could all use more peace anywhere. I mean, if you're handing it out, I'll take some, right? It's one of those things you just, it's impossible to have too much of, right? But if we understand that God wants to fully mature love in us, by his example, that it's accessible to us. It is fully available to us. In John three sixteen and 17, which I know you most people could probably say it with me, but it says, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone, everyone, said, everyone, 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 that's very inclusive, isn't it? The church probably should be too, right? So that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Come on, you guys. Like, I hope that sets you free today and tomorrow and a year from now when you're facing something that's scary. I hope you know God's perfect love for you. It might not happen overnight, right? Like I said, I've been walking with the Lord for over a decade now, and I still haven't fully matured in perfect love, right? <laughs> I, I don't know if I have a full grasp of this love that is beyond my understanding. But I am so happy that that is the um, pursuit I get to make in life. <laughs> That's a good pursuit, you guys, right? I'm not just trying to make it through life. I'm not just trying to get by. You know, trying to squeeze by unscathed, right? Whew, I got through that season, <sighs> right? But every season is because he's trying to fully perfect his love in you. Every single season the good, the bad, the ugly. The ones you want to hide, the ones you want to scream, the ones where you want to rejoice, tell everybody, not tell anyone, all of them. He's trying to fully mature that perfect love in us. And so today I I pray that we can receive that.